0: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast, your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be.
1: Oh, mama, what a play.
0: Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Welcome into the tailgate. It's the Sooner Sports Podcast, and we're getting you ready for Oklahoma and Houston. My name is... Chris Plank. We've got a busy episode for you today. We will hear from the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. You'll hear from Athletic Director Joe Castiglione, and we'll get you ready for the Cougars with Houston Chronicle beat writer Joseph Duarte. That's all coming up on the Sooner Sports Podcast, this episode known as The Tailgate. And we're brought to you in part by Allstate, a proud sponsor of Oklahoma football. It's good to be in good hands. During the 2016 college football season, Allstate will feature its good hands net, behind the goalpost at every Sooner home game to demonstrate support for the University of Oklahoma. Allstate will make a contribution for every field goal, an extra point made by the Sooner kickers to the university's general scholarship fund. Allstate, it's good to be in good hands. And the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by Riverwind Resort, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, top-name concerts, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. As always, we still start off the tailgate with a look at Boomer Bites, the news that's making headlines around campus at the University of Oklahoma. It was a big week for breaking news as Lou Rosselli was named the new head wrestling coach at the University of Oklahoma. He comes from Ohio State, where he'd been the Buckeyes assistant coach and associate head coach since the 2008 season as the associate coach head coach he helped lead ohio state to the ncaa runner-up finishes in 2008 and 2009 he also played an integral role in helping deliver the program's first national championship in 2015 a native of middleport new york roselli was named the 2009 national wrestling coaches association assistant coach of the year they started their off-season workouts already wrestling is here and congratulations to lou roselli the new head wrestling coach at the University of Oklahoma. Congratulations as well, too, to Kimmy Gardner. She was named the Big 12 Player of the Week for her performance this past week for Sooner Volleyball. The outside hitter from Grapevine, Texas, helped lead the Sooners to a 3-0 start. They won their first nine sets of the season. She had a 3.22 kill per set mark for the Oklahoma Sooners to start off the season undefeated. Head coach Santiago Restrepo and his crew are on the road this weekend to take on Arkansas Little Rock in the Little Rock Classic. Huge weekend for Sooner soccer as Matt Potter's crew is on the road. They take on Virginia tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock, and then they battle George Mason on Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m., so two huge matchups before the Sooners return back to the Sooner State when they take on Tulsa next weekend. But OU will not play at home. Their next home match quite a ways down the road is their conference opener on September 23rd. So a big weekend for Matt Potter's crew against third-ranked Virginia Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock and against George Mason at 11.30 a.m. on Sunday. And the cross-country team will open up its season with a duel in Stillwater as they will participate in the OSU Cowboy Duels. Tulsa, Arkansas, and ORU will join the Sooners and host Oklahoma State in the dual-scored meet. So that's a look at what's going on around campus with Boomer Bites. What do you say we dive into a couple of key interviews? First with The Voice. Second time's a charm, right? Toby Rowland rejoins us here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Good to be back with you, Chris. Here on the tailgate, of course, the uh, game plan is every Tuesday, that it uh, is available to you, kind of drops late Monday night, so you can have it for your Tuesday drive to work on the Sooner Radio Network, Sooner Sports Podcast. What's this one called? Tailgate. Tailgate. Called the tailgate. Okay. Yeah, we we're trying to be more specific towards you know game week. Start the game plan. Sure. Early in the week. Uh, well, actually, I guess you got the refresher on Monday, and then you got feel the game like we plan. should be eating hot dogs while we do this. I one. am hungry right now. Uh, and then Jessica Cootie is going to have a special, I guess, episode tomorrow because she's got a cool deal on Coach. And I know you're a part of it as well too.
2: Specifically Coach Murr Johnson. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. I, have, I can't wait to see it. I, I have uh, been interviewed, but I haven't seen the final. Have you seen the
0: No, piece? I don't know if it's quite completed okay. yet is uh, one of the deals, but you know, as you, you and I had a podcast this summer where we, we sat and talked for an hour just about broadcasting thoughts. Uh, it's fun to work with Coach Murr. He brings so much that you just you can't even really you can't even really put it into words.
2: He is an icon. He's he's no not question. just a, a University of Oklahoma icon. He is a college football icon. And I want, for as long as we do these games together, to just ab- absorb as much of him as I can. And I'm not just talking football knowledge. We all could learn a tremendous amount of football from him. But just the guy, just the gentleman and the spirit and – Uh, The way he goes about life, I admire tremendously and find myself trying to be more like Merv in a lot of ways. I think we all do. He's awesome. When we're around him as a radio crew, you know, after a while, his uh, mantra of don't get too high, don't get too low, we all kind of absorb that. and (laughs) And so... I don't know how long we'll be doing games together. I, I hope it's another 20 years. But however long it is, I, uh, I just want to appreciate what an honor it is to get to work with Merv Johnson.
0: Really got to know more. I mean, and this is, this is our sixth, fifth year. Six. Six. Oh, wow, sixth year. Mm-hmm. I really got to know a lot more about him last year whenever we would spend time in Ubers together because <laughs> we had to drive all over Miami. I think
2: <laughs> we introduced him to Uber. I
0: think we did. I think he loved it. We
2: introduced half of the crew to Uber. They hadn't used oh, it before last year. become very popular.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're in game plan We donated
2: mode? a tremendous amount of money <laughs> to the Uber community in Miami what last was that? year. What was that
0: shock like whenever we sat down on New Year's Eve <laughs> and you got your bill from Uber? Well,
2: well we had lost the game. <laughs> And then afterwards, we Ubered back to the hotel, which was, I don't know, what was that, 30 minutes away? Yeah,
0: it was a drive. It was a drive. On
2: New Year's Eve, we're catching an Uber at like 11 o'clock at night, going back to the hotel, and and you know how they email you the receipt. Right. So we're in the restaurant, (laughs) depressed. Already. Waiting for food. And uh, and I get the receipt from Uber. I think it was two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah,
0: That's ridiculous. Because I, I remember, <laughs> I, like, oh. I, I think
2: I somebody had, else is buying dinner. Tonight. I don't know
0: if I had a problem with it, uh, it, like from my phone, it wasn't processing, or maybe there was uh, an issue with the card I had it set up on. So Ted set up his because we would have to save right. two cars. And boy, when Ted got that bill, he goes, right. He was not. He 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 was shocked." What was the Ted Lehman sound you just made?
3: What what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we had so much fun yesterday taping. As we tape this, it is uh, Thursday afternoon. We both wrapped up our radio responsibilities. You just wrapped up your interview with Coach Stoops, and we uh, taped yesterday the Coach's Corner show, which I'm excited for everyone to hear tonight and for everyone to see later this evening. But um, not to take away anything from the pregame interview, but anything stand out from your uh, conversation with Coach Stoops?
2: I think that, you know, he is, he has the normal amount of first-game anxiety about this team that he always does. I mean, he openly admits that it's a little nerve-wracking until you see those guys on the field in a competitive situation. You don't really know what you got. Right. And that causes some anxiety before the opener. So uh, he's in a good mood and all that kind of stuff, but but, uh, he doesn't exactly know, as every coach in college football right now, I think he knows what he's got on offense. I think he feels really good about where they are offensively, and he spoke to this. I asked him, what are you most pleased about in the fall? And he said, boy, the the steps we went forward in offense this year as compared to a year ago, I'm excited to see that because I think he knows they're really good on that side of the ball. The other side of the ball, not that he doesn't think they're good, but they're so much more unknown with the linebackers and how they're going to handle Greg Ward and where are the sacks coming from and where are the interceptions coming from. So, uh, you know... All of that, you can imagine, if you were a head coach of a football team and and you're got a big time game uh, coming up, that there's some anxiety there.
0: I was making the analogy earlier today that I get so excited, like we're doing something different with our starting lineups, with with how they'll be presented to the radio audience. And I was so excited when I when I did my little tweaks on it. Yeah. I put a little bed on it. So was I. I. And I'm so excited for people to hear it. Right. And it's a, what, thirty second bed. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? There's about
2: four people who will care. <laughs> right.
0: Imagine so what it would be like if you were the head, head coach. coach. <laughs> 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 and you got uh, four it's million it's people. A, it's care. a sellout. you got a national TV audience as well, too. All right, two more quick ones, and I'll let you run. Toby Rowland here on the, uh, the tailgate as we count down to kickoff. We'll be on the air at 9 a.m. On Saturday morning, we got a little bit from Joseph Duarte coming up to learn more about Houston. But through your interviews, I know you had the Houston analyst on. I know you're getting ready to talk to Tom Herman, the head coach at Houston. Has there been anything that's caught your eye about Houston as your prep week has continued?
2: I think their approach to this game, at least outwardly, is interesting. You know, they're... they're, They almost are coming across as we don't want to make this too big of a deal. Absolutely. Because we still got to win the American Athletic Conference. And that's true. And yet at the same time, I mean, you can make a pretty good argument that if they win this game, it's the biggest win in school history. I mean, it's a big deal. So maybe this is a way for him to guard against his guys getting uh, in their own heads. So maybe it's a brilliant coaching tactic but it reminds me a little bit of how bob approaches uh, texas or has a lot of times approached the texas game in that you know listen i know it's a big deal but if we don't if we win this and lose the rest of them nobody's going to be happy around here that's kind of the approach houston seems to be taking to uh, this game and um, i don't know that's that's a little bit intriguing
0: i've heard the exact same thing you know in every I listened to a podcast he did with our buddy George Schroeder the other day, and he was saying the exact same thing. He goes, regardless of what happens on Saturday morning, it's kind of irrelevant towards our push towards a conference championship. Right. He goes, if we win, that's great. He goes, but, you know, we still have our American Athletic Conference opener against Cincinnati, which I think is in week three for him. Uh, he goes, if we lose, you know, it'll it, it, it stinks, but – we still have to worry about focusing on winning our conference. First, there's a part of me that if you were to inject him with truth serum, it might be like, okay, for everything that's going on here beyond just, you know, uh, the American Athletic Conference and wanting to win the conference, there are, you know, the the Big Twelve rumors. Right. There are obviously those that want to see this team in the four team playoffs right now. I mean, there is there's a lot on the line, but their approach has basically been, hey, we got to treat may- it like and it's maybe just maybe that's what game. you got
2: to do, I right? Mean, may- maybe if you. Pile all that on your guys that it's just it's too heavy of a burden to carry into a football game. So maybe he's approaching it with his team the right way, but to kind of downplay it and say regardless of what happens Saturday, we got to turn around and get
0: ready for Lamar.
2: I'm like, come on, <laughs>
0: that's what he did, John. <laughs> I mean, and then, and then you know, uh, 11 days after we play Lamar, you know, we got to play Cincinnati, and I'm right. like, well, this
2: is yeah. national team. I think they're good. I mean, studying I really like studying
1: them,
0: the I, I, same thing. I
2: think they're vulnerable in the secondary. Uh, I, th- I really think Baker has an opportunity in this game to kind of pick them apart a little bit, maybe maybe do it backwards, maybe pass to set up the run, open them up uh, with with taking advantage of a vulnerable secondary, and then beat the snot out of them with Samaje and Joe as the game goes along.
0: Here, here's one thing I will add. I think there's a good possibility that with so many new pieces, especially at outside linebacker, I think there's a chance that Houston might have some early success. But one of those keys I'm going to be keeping an eye on, Toby, is the adjustments. Yeah. Because I think that's a good going to, point. That's going to be a huge thing for this. I know Teddy Lehman talks about it quite a bit, but those outside backers where a lot of that inexperience is, from, even yeah. though you hear great things about Oboe, game time, you know, we'll sure. see what happens. You see great things about Will Johnson, but this is somewhat of, of a new role for him. That to me is going to be one of the key things how this team adjusts. Don't on overreact
2: Saturday. if Houston has some early success on offense. Exactly. Because I I almost expect that with uh, the new faces that are be, being relied on defensively, if Oklahoma cut comes out and shuts them down from the get go, look out. I mean, yeah, watch out. I I don't think that'll happen. I think Houston will have some early success, and hopefully those adjustments will be made, and they'll be able to lock it down.
0: I promise you only eight minutes, but we're almost at ten, so I want to ask I'm, about. I'm okay, okay. Greg Ward Jr. Uh-huh. been impressed with everything you've seen with him so far. Um, yeah, he he's dynamic.
2: I I think that. It'll be fascinating to see how they try to defend him because I think he's more deadly with his legs than with his arm. Right. He's a better passer than people realize. He completed almost two-thirds of his passes a year ago. He's 5'11", though, and I think if you have your druthers, you would rather make him throw from the pocket than have him running all over the field trying to trying to catch him. So I wonder if they won't even kind of do a little bit of a sugar rush. You know, maybe not so much – try to pin the ears back and sack him as much as see if they can form a form a pocket for him almost say all right here's your pocket we're gonna let you have this right now um, you know we'll, we'll try to collapse it in on you but they don't want him flushed and running around and making plays so
0: I was gonna uh, we were scheduled to have Joke Stiglione on the podcast uh, Joke Stiglione on the podcast this week You know, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the stadium and the Mm -hmm. the press conference that he had. But a final thought, Toby, before we wrap up, uh, what's your excitement level like? I know you just walked across, seeing the stadium, seeing the renovations, to know that everyone feels pretty good about the schedule that they're on right now. Next week's going to be an exciting week, isn't it? Oh, my gosh, yeah.
2: (laughs) I want to come to the Norman 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 North (laughs) North game
0: (laughs) tonight. Are they
2: going to use the scoreboard and everything tonight? I think so. Yeah, I mean you would. I'm jealous,
0: right? I'm
2: jealous. Who's calling? Tyler McComas, our buddy, I think,
0: is calling that game. Uh, Perry, Perry, the sales guy, Josh. (laughs) Josh, (laughs) going to be
2: next week is going to be cool in so many ways. From just watching the big screen and seeing fans enjoy the South End Zone, I I'm going to get here early enough that hopefully I want to be able to just walk around and take it in and see what it's all like. And I think it'll be a celebration. You know, there's a lot of stuff going into. Preparing Sooner fans for next week from the Sooner Vision and the guys on the Internet and videos that are being put together. And this is a momentous occasion in OU football history. And kind of what I've been calling it is the unbroken circle that is now being formed at Owen Field is a really, really cool deal. And I can't wait to see what it feels like and sounds like next Saturday.
0: Surrounded. You're going to be surrounded, surrounded by with sound. the capital O, capital U yeah, in the middle. That's the way that yeah. it works. Thanks, Toby. I appreciate Bye, you finding the time for us. <laughs> Obviously, it was a big week for stadium updates as we count down to the grand opening of Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. It was really cool to hear Joe Castiglione meet with the media. This is the opening remarks that he had about the progress of the stadium, where we are now, how the construction is coming along, and what's next for fans to look forward to as the completion is right around the corner of the renovations to Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium.
3: Uh, I just uh, thought that um, Larry and I could be here to mostly uh, answer questions that you might have. We've had several of these uh, briefings, updates with, uh, with you all during the course of this construction project. And with all of you assembled here today, we just thought we'd taken a opportunity to give you a chance to ask some questions. Obviously the uh, first question everybody asks, wherever any of us are and even if they just asked this five minutes before, they want to know is it going to be ready on time? And of course when we started this project we didn't give the contractor any alternative. It had to be ready when we uh, our first game occurs on September 10th. Our first home game that is of course. And uh, the project has been going very very well there's uh, a lot to do and they're making every, uh, every uh, chance uh, possible to get as much work done in a day and a night as one can uh, if you think about what this project has been since we broke ground it's it's truly amazing I don't even want to engage in any kind of hyperbole about the magnitude of this project, but just to refresh your memories, we broke ground last August, and of course, we uh, were able to get some work done uh, around the uh, the football season in two thousand and fifteen, but the majority of the work started as soon as the Kansas State game was complete so I have uh, Larry Nafe, you all know Larry, I'm my executive associate AD, and I, uh, I want to give Larry a lot of credit because there's not, we've been all in these meetings. Uh, he's been in way more meetings than, than any of us. Um, there have been meetings several times a day in certain cases, but obviously uh, we've been meeting once or twice or more each week since the end of the regular season. And there's so many details that have to be addressed during the course of this project because they need decisions and they need them right when the uh, construction managers ask for them and so between our staff uh, which has included several others um, and of course coordinating with a lot of the, the uh, key users of the facility Um, getting their input as we go along, whether it's something related to the structural aspect or something is um, down to the detail of what chair we're going to put in what room um, and when are the shipments going to arrive and how that gets logistically handled. It's it's an enormous task. And I uh, can't say it enough, but I'm so fortunate, the university's fortunate, have such great people that have dedicated an enormous amount of their time to make this project happen when uh, when we set the date of September 10th.
0: So obviously some good perspective there on not just how the process is going. There's really no alternative. They're playing a high school football game as Toby alluded to it as we uh, tape here. We're taping on Thursday tonight so it'll get a chance to kind of work out some of the kinks, kind of a a dress rehearsal, if you will, and then next Saturday it's uh, all in. I did appreciate one thing that Josie brought up, and that was the fact that don't find yourself getting too caught up or upset as you drive by on Lindsay or you drive down Jenkins uh, or or maybe seeing pictures on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, because the uh, aesthetics of it that's not really the ultimate importance. It's, it's making sure that the seats are done. It's making sure that the areas for the fans are done, that the TVs in there are all functional, and that the ingress and egress is taken care of the ease of getting in and getting out of the stadium. So don't get too caught up on that front. Just uh, get yourself ready and get excited for next Saturday, Oklahoma and Louisiana Monroe. Now, you can still get tickets as part of that three-game package. It's online right now at Soonersports.com. The tailgate on the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by Riverwind Resort, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, top-name concerts, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Let's get you ready for OU in Houston. I had a chance to catch up with Joseph Duarte. He is the beat writer for the Houston Chronicle. And I started by just asking about the unique nature by which Tom Herman handles himself because you would think it was just any pedestrian game based on the way that Tom Herman is kind of the coach of Houston, has kind of talked about this matchup leading up to it, and Joseph Duarte confirmed there is nothing outlandish, outrageous, or even uh, overzealous by the way that uh, Tom Herman has laid out their plan for Oklahoma come Saturday morning at 11 a.m.
1: Absolutely not, and, and if anyone who knows Tom Herman, uh, that wouldn't be a surprise at all. Uh, he's, uh, for a uh, second-year coach, he's one of the more even kill coaches that that i've ever been around and and the fact that he has this, such a veteran coaching staff he's not going to let them get caught up in this uh i thought it was interesting he he kind of slipped the other day where he he sort of called it and the opener and ex- basically an exhibition game as he put it which uh you say that in the nfl or somewhere and that's headlines all over the place so you can see where uh you know where tom herman's thinking about this he doesn't want his guys to get too caught up in hey, we're playing the number 30-ranked team in the country. Just basically, you know, let's go out and play. And that's kind of why they have a a countdown clock in in the locker room. And I asked him one time, is that a countdown to the opener? He's like, no, that's a countdown to tomorrow. It's only a 24-hour clock. So that's kind of where he goes. He goes day to day.
0: Joseph Duarte is in the house with us. Six true freshmen showed up on their 2 deep. Colin Wilder, the backup safety, is a guy who's never sat the bench. So with that in mind – is the lack of experience in the secondary is it concerning, Joseph, or is it going to be something to where when guys like Wilder get in there, they're going to be okay?
1: Well, it is a concern uh, because you, you lost so much experience. You lost an NFL first round pick at corner and William Jackson the third, and then you're replacing it. It's about 135 career starts that you're replacing with about you know if you don't count the one holdover, you have about 10 career starts between the other four. So. Uh, They're going to get thrown into the fire really fast. Uh, They all played last year, but they didn't um, get a lot of starts. So basically, yeah, I I would have to say along with the uh, slot receiver spot, uh, that would be uh, one of the areas uh, of most concern for Houston. You had a
0: great piece on uh, Greg Ward. I don't know if it ran on the Chronicle's front page of the sports, what, last week or maybe the week before, but it kind of laid out that human side that so often we don't get with uh, collegiate or even professional athletes. And Greg Ward Jr. has a two-year-old daughter in Chloe, and whenever he had his daughter, it kind of changed his whole perception. And then it seems as if, Joseph, that maybe with Major Applewhite and Tom Herman, they've kind of tried to change the overall makeup of Greg Ward. Have you noticed marked differences in the way he's handled the media or his teammates, knowing how hard he studied to try to be a better leader and a better speaker?
1: Well, they they certainly have, have made suggestions. Uh, when Tom Herman got here, uh, he frankly just said he didn't know what he had at quarterback. And he was specifically talking about Greg Ward, you know, this off season, they put him through some media training, kind of a speech course to the, the hot seat, the, you know, Sunday, uh, conversation ESPN 60 minutes type deal. Uh, and he handled it really well. And, and Greg has shown that he's uh, a lot more comfortable in front of the camera, but also from a leadership standpoint, that's what you need out of your quarterback. And it's kind of time for him now to take that next and become a leader on this team and what you'd expect from a, from your starting quarterback.
0: Is he, and again, I think that maybe this is sometimes a knock on any mobile QB, but has he, it doesn't seem though for him, he struggled too much with accuracy issues. Has he when he throws the ball?
1: Oh, absolutely not. I mean, mm-hmm. he was close to a 67, 68% accuracy wow. uh, thrower last year. Uh, you know, he, he, the big thing was getting him to, to realize. Uh, let the let the play develop. Let things happen and come to you. And then, uh, if you don't see that that opening, then you run. Don't don't make running your first and only thought. So that's been one of the uh, the bigger things that Major Applewhite, the offensive coordinator, has done with Greg Ward. And and you can see it. He's a lot more patient back there in the pocket.
0: You know, it was interesting. I was trying to be, like, stat geek last night, Joseph. So I was trying to say eighth nationally in run defense. I used to cover the American because I was in Tulsa for the longest time. But they, they did shut down Navy, who was number three overall. But when they, they were good last year, Herman thinks they can be better, even more so this year at stopping the run. Why, why do you think and how have they been so successful stopping the run?
1: Well, I mean, they've, they've had some pretty good – the talent up there you know in the past they haven't been you know nfl caliber type players they've just been consistent up there they they get good coaching you know oscar giles on the defensive line uh did a phenomenal job last year but you know it's it's kind of the they do so many different things they disguise uh looks and i mean their their intent is to stop the run and force you to become one-dimensional and then this year you know tom Herman. Believes that they have anywhere from four to five guys that could possibly be playing in the NFL someday. So, uh, and that's, you know, that says a lot because they have one of them that's a true freshman, Ed Oliver. He was the number four player in the country uh, at any position. So when you're starting to get players like that to come to Houston and and not go to the Alabamas and Michigans and Loterdames, you know, you're you're doing something right.
0: You keep, it was funny, you brought up Oscar Giles, and I'm thinking about Major Applewhite, and then Kenneth Pope. You know, not only has Tom Herman turned a lot of heads, but uh, Joseph, it seems like this is a a pretty salty group of assistants. And we, don't, I mean, the coach always, the head coach always gets all the credit, but this is one whale of a staff he has surrounding him at Houston, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I I don't remember quite what the um the years and championship totals that they had, but they touted that. And you know, he went out and he he did the smart thing. He got a he had a defensive coordinator and Todd Orlando who. Uh, since he's gotten here has turned down Pittsburgh and Wisconsin job offers. They made him the highest paid group of five coordinator in the country at about $525,000. You know, they're paying their offensive coordinator major Applewhite 300,000 plus. This is the highest paid um, group of five staff in the country. And in fact, Tom Herman thought of his staff so much that last year, when he got his $3 million, you know, the bump and the extension, he, uh, he asked for 200000 to be uh, put to the side for his coaching staff. So if that doesn't tell you something about the guy right there, then nothing does.
0: So obviously we're real close to this Oklahoma fire, having covered it nonstop uh, since basically they started camp. Joseph, I know you're digging into him quite deeply. What stood out with uh, this Sooner 2016 squad that's kind of caught your eye?
1: Oh, well, I mean, it, it's got to start on offense. You know, we're, we're familiar with Baker Mayfield from his high school days here in, in Texas, and then you just – you look at the uh, the backfield with Joe and Samajee, and, and forgive me, is it Samajee? Is that how Samadji, they say it? yeah,
0: Samajee, yep.
1: And, and, and just those two and what they're capable of. So it's it's kind of pick your poison. You know, one minute you think you know they're just going to run the ball down your throat, and then the next minute you know Baker's throwing you know for what a thirty seven hundred yards last year and thirty six touchdowns. So Houston, from a defensive standpoint, you know it, it goes without saying they won't face a team any better this year. Uh, and that's just on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, it, it's a typical Power Five type team that arguably so should be in the preseason college football playoff discussion. And uh, aside from Florida State last year, you know, Houston hasn't seen this kind of quality team in a very long time.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Todd Orlando as we shift back to Houston's defense to wrap up. 2.26 takeaways per game over the last three seasons, of course two of those with Matt Wells at Utah State. This Houston team has forced at least three turnovers in seven games and had five against Florida State. A plus-21 turnover margin was second nationally. Joseph, what has made Houston so good at forcing turnovers?
1: Well, that's, you know, they have a, a something called Turnover Tuesdays, where that's, that's what they work on. That is their day. Uh, you'll have uh, – DBs that, you know, the, the running back will be holding the ball around the complex, and the DB's job is to go punch it out or strip it. And they've had guys that buy into that stuff and, and have done it well the last few years, you know, guys that create turnovers, make things happen. And it's just a way It's just a way of life for this program now. And and granted, some of it was already in place before Tom Herman got here, but uh, they, they continued it last year. And it, it, it really shows in kind of how they can just swing the momentum of a game so quickly.
0: Thanks to Joseph Duarte, Toby Rowland, Joe Castiglione, and most importantly, thanks to you for downloading the tailgate. We'll be back on Monday with the refresher, and as always, make sure you download the TuneIn Radio app. You can listen to every single Sooner Radio broadcast for absolutely free, including the OU Houston game pregame at 9 a.m., kickoff at 11 on the Sooner Radio Network. Until Monday morning, everyone have a great and safe weekend. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online
2: right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make
0: sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.